As we begin the teaching on the SHAPE ministry, SHAPE is an acronym that stands for S meaning spiritual gifts, A, H rather referring to the passion of the heart, A for abilities and talents, and P for personality, and E for experiences, both natural and also uh, supernatural experiences. God has made each of us into a particular shape, a shape that reflects uh, his glory, his honor. His ble- it also reflects uh, in many, many ways uh, what he wants for us as human beings. So by discerning our unique shape, by discerning uh, the things that make us who we are in terms of spiritual gifts, heart passions, abilities and talents, personality and experiences will give us an understanding of how God wants to use us to advance his kingdom. So we're beginning today by talking about um, the whole, beginning with the whole area of, of our uh, looking at spiritual gifts, the S in the shape. Blessed John Paul II said, Today I would like to cry out to all of you gathered here in St. Peter's Square and to all Christians, open yourselves to the gifts of the Spirit. Accept gratefully and obediently the charisms which the Spirit never ceases to bestow on us. These are words of the blessed John Paul II on the Feast of Pentecost in 1998, and the crowd that gathered on that particular day was close to 500,000 people. They came at the invitation of the Holy Father as he was calling together all the movements in the church in order that he would explain to them what this uh, new Pentecost is. The Holy Father intended his words to be pray- to sp- spread far and wide throughout the whole church. The bishops of the Second Vatican Council from 1962 through 1965 had rediscovered something that had been pretty much forgotten in the church, and that was the charismatic dimension of the faith. So there was a divine providence that brought about the rediscovery of the charismatic dimension of the faith. This is what the Council Fathers uncovered. This rediscovery brought a renewed appreciation for both the openness to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism and confirmation. The Holy Spirit, when alive in our life, when released in our life in greater measure, brings about a new missionary dynamic to the life of the faithful. Um, It enlivens all aspects of our Christian life, as well as our Christian ministry, evangelization, catechesis, education, works of mercy, social justice, and so on. In the midst of this lively expectation are the charismatic gifts of the Spirit, the S standing in our SHAPE acronym for spiritual gifts. The Holy Father said that it was the rediscovery of these spiritual gifts that in our time, this charismatic dimension of the Church, that the Holy Spirit was doing in a most profound way. The Holy Holy Father said, uh, John Paul II said in September 1994, in our day too, many signs and great witnesses have been given to individuals, groups, and movements generously dedicated to the apostolate. They show that the marvels of Pentecost have not ceased but are renewed abundantly in the church today. It's obvious that in addition to a considerable development in the doctrine of the charisms, there's also a new flowering of active lay people in the church. This is not by chance that the two facts have occurred at the same time. All this is a work of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Father is saying that the Holy Spirit is bringing about a 
the rediscovery of the charisms, the doctrine of charisms, as well as the, uh, the rediscovery of the lay people involved in the church. It was Pope uh, Benedict XVI that said that a new experience of the Holy Spirit suddenly bursts forth, he says, against rationalistic skepticism, which is at the heart of the world that we live in. And he said that the New Testament tells us that the charisms, which are visible signs of the Spirit, is not just ancient history over and done with, for it is once again becoming extremely topical. This was recorded in his book called, uh, actually the foreword to the book called Renewal and the Powers of Darkness. So John Paul II's exhortation was, open yourselves to the gifts of the Spirit, accept gratefully and obediently the charisms which the Spirit never ceases to bestow on us. So what are charisms? Charism means gift, or special grace, or favor. The Catechism describes charisms as gifts that the Spirit grants us to associate with his work. They enable us to collaborate uh, in the salvation of others and the growth of the body of Christ, the Church. The gifts are proper to the different sacraments. They are not sacraments, but they're proper to them, which means they exist alongside of them. They are uh, special graces called charisms, or the, the Greek term um, that St. Paul uses means favor or gratuitous gift or benefit. Whatever their character, sometimes they're extraordinary spiritual gifts, sometimes they're just ordinary spiritual gifts, such as the extraordinary gift of miracles, for example, um, or charisms oriented towards helping us grow in holiness that are intended for the common good. No matter what they are, they serve charity and they build up the church. Charisms are called special grace. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, the Holy Spirit apportions charisms to each one individually as he wills. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the charisms are given for the building up of the body of Christ. Charisms release the spiritual power needed to do spiritual work. So who receives the charisms then? Well, every baptized uh, Christian re receives charisms or multiple charisms to build up the church to further the mission of the church in the world. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And again, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, each has its own special, each has its own special gift from God, one kind of one of one kind and one of another. In the decree on the apostle laity from the Second Vatican Council, the council fathers said this. From the acceptance of these charisms, there arise for each believer the right and duty to use them in the church and in the world for the good of men and building up for the church in the freedom of the Spirit who breathes where he wills. John Paul II said also that the Council speaks of the ministries and charisms of the gifts of the Spirit, which are given for the building up of the church and for the mission of salvation in the world. The church is directed and guided by the Spirit, who lavishes diverse hierarchical and charismatic gifts on all the baptized, calling them to be, each in an individual way, active and co-responsible. So the gifts are given, free by the Lord, and they're given alongside of the hierarchical gifts. The hierarchical gifts will be sacraments, for example, or the gifts of holy orders, or the, the, gift, the charism of the bishop in the church, and so on. The charismatic gifts are given on all the baptized, and they are to then yield to these gifts in an active and co-responsible way. In other words, uh, receive with gratitude what the Lord has given and use that to build up the church and to work for the salvation of others. So 
St. Paul makes two distinctions regarding charisms. First is, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, charisms are for the common good. In other words, they're for the service of others. Not primarily for our growth and holiness. Although, certainly using a charism um, in obedience to the Lord and using it well in in charity will contribute to our holiness, obviously. A second um, principle, you might say, is that charisms are given to one or to some, not to everyone equally. So, uh, diverse charisms, diverse gifts, diverse services, diverse works of the Lord in the body of Christ. Now, what about the seven spiritual gifts that we're given in confirmation? The Isaiah gifts is oftentimes called spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, the fear of the Lord, knowledge. These are from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1, 3. And these charisms are um, charisms given to us in baptism, confirmation, to conform us more perfectly like to Jesus, the Messiah, uh, for our growth in holiness, and it will make me more receptive to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. So how do charisms and spiritual gifts differ from natural talents? We'll be talking about um, A, which means abilities, and our SHAPE acronym in, in, a, little, in a little bit. But uh, how are they different? How are spiritual gifts different from natural talents? Well, first of all, spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit and are supernaturally empowered to build up the body of Christ and to work for the salvation of others. They're manifestations of the Spirit. They're visible signs of the Spirit at work in a person's life. They release power to strengthen and build up the church. Now, a talented physician, for example, can use his or her natural God-given talent each day to help cure illnesses of a variety of kind. Um, That doctor may be a very intelligent person, a critical thinker, a good decision maker, good listener, and and be very successful as a doctor, using his or her talents and knowledge and ability in an extreme, uh, excellent way. Um, But that doctor can also be a person of faith who prays with their patients. And so as well as employing his or her natural abilities and talents and experience and, and, uh, and knowledge, they also, through prayer, become an instrument of supernatural healing. Um, so that you can see natural abilities and training, which is certainly, as we see in our, my, our acronym of SHAPE, is very, very important, is in no way contradictory to or greater than or lesser than uh, the spiritual gifts. Uh, They both go hand in hand. Um, An axiom in the Catholic Church, very simply, is that grace builds on nature. So, for example, using my analogy of the doctor, let's say they practice praying with their patients, um, and uh, as well as using their knowledge and abilities and talents to do excellent diagnosis and prognosis and all those things that, that will help to contribute to the healing of a patient. Um, but the Lord, in the course of their praying with their patient, gives spiritual gifts to be able to maybe bring the charism of healing or perhaps give insights to the doctor through what we call words of knowledge or uh, that will help the doctor to be able to discern uh, perhaps a root cause in this person's life or um, perhaps an understanding as to where this illness may have come from to begin. In other words, supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit and natural abilities go hand in hand, but they are distinct and they are different. So how many charisms are there? The New Testament lists for us several different uh, lists of charisms 
both in St. Peter, chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4, St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans 12. Um, so there's a number of gifts, and I would not even say that those gifts exhaust everything. There's several other places. There are primarily four listings. Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses, verse 1 and 4, verses 4 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Uh, each of these listings ex- talk about different gifts, similar gifts, same gifts and other listings, but none of it is exhaustive. So how would we define the charisms? Well, um, charisms can be of a different kind. They can be speaking gifts, they can be sign or power gifts, they can be service gifts, or they can be leadership gifts. So let's take a look at some of the speaking gifts. Prophecy, which is speech inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, for building up and encouraging the body of Christ. For example, in um, Acts chapter 13, Luke identifies Barnabas as a prophet, and uh, as well as Judas and Silas. Um, so prophecy isn't always about foretelling or a future event, but is or predictions. It's also meant to encourage, to build up, and console. Exhortation is another sp- speaking gift. And it's a God-given ability to encourage, challenge, and when necessary to rebuke someone in terms of their motivation. Words of knowledge, which are insights into some aspect of faith, can be a knowledge of a hidden fact, uh, such such as Jesus' knowledge of the Samaritan woman um, and her relationships in John chapter 4, verse 18. The word of wisdom is a gift of practical counsel, um, recorded as in Proverbs and in Sirach, it's this gift of practical counsel for, called a word of knowledge is, um, is not gained from life experience, but it's like a supernatural insight as to how to handle a particular situation. It's an expression of God's guidance. Example, that would be Mark chapter 10, verse 20 through 22. Tongues uh, could refer to one of two distinctive gifts spoken by St. Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, he says, I would have you all speak in tongues. He's referring here to a personal prayer language that edifies a person uh, that's speaking to God. The second use of tongues is more of a public ministry. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, where St. Paul says that uh, when someone speaks in a tongue in the midst of a gathering, uh, they're the only ones speaking, and someone else can kind of get a sense of interpreting that, which also leads then to the interpretation uh, of a gift of tongues not normally um, learned in one's native language. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. So in other words, there's a private use of prayer tongues, which is we, I like to call the, the, um, the prayer language of the Holy Spirit, and that's used to edify or build me up personally in my relationship to the Lord. Then there's the public use of tongues, which is used, of course, to help build up other people. Sign or power gifts, faith doesn't refer to the faith we all receive in baptism, but it means extraordinary movement of expectant faith, the kind that moves mountains in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Or healing is a sign gift or a power gift. Um, it can be a tool for evangelization, such as Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 26. Another sign or power gift is the working of miracles, God-given ability to perform on-the-spot manifestations of God's power, uh, such as in Acts chapter 13, verses 8 through 12. Discernment of spirits, supernatural insight into a particular situation. What's motivating or moving that situation is the Holy Spirit, an evil spirit, or merely the human spirit. 
Um, we can see that, for example, in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. Gifts of service. Help, helps is a God-given ability to serve others in a supportive role with a joyful and productive mindset. Hospitality. God-given ability to provide an open house and warm welcome to people. Um, first P- uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 9 speaks of this. Giving. An outstanding gift of liberality and sharing one's goods, finances, uh, material um, blessings with others cheerfully. Romans chapter 12, verse 8. Administration. God-given ability that plans and organizes to assist others in bringing forth a project to completion. Uh, Romans 12, verse 8. Service is the God-given ability to carry the burdens and tasks of others without seeking recognition. Romans 12, verse 7. And mercy. God-given ability to be compassionate with the strength and cheerfulness uh, to help those in need. So, next is leadership gifts. These are the charisms St. Paul speaks about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. They're foundational gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. They're like stable leadership functions or offices within the church. They are gifts given by the risen Jesus Christ to help his church to grow and advance and grow. Let's take a look at some of them. Um, the the these kinds these particular gifts found in Ephesians four eight are apostle, one who's sent by God with authority to govern the church, to preach, teach, and find, find uh, create or find new Christian communities. Acts chapter one verse uh, verses twenty one through twenty two. Prophet also um, someone who has uh, authority in the Christian community, speaks to build up and encourage and console others. Um, they, uh, they understand um, this, the mysteries of, of the scriptures and receive revelations from the Lord that disclose secrets of the heart. They strengthen the community uh, through inspired exhortation and praise. Um, some passages of scripture be Acts chapter 15, verse 32, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 12 through 32. The evangelist is one with the supernatural ability to communicate the good news to others, to lead people to conversion. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. The teacher, one with the supernatural ability to make clear Christian truth and apply it to the life of the community. A pastor is one with the supernatural ability to provide for the spiritual welfare of the community, to provide guidance and care, spiritual nourishment, for the members of the community. These gifts in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, fulfill really central roles of ministry, um, and they help God's people to serve the church and equip them to be able to assume their proper place in the church. In other words, these gifts are given as leadership gifts to help others to grow in their gifts. Why do I need to welcome the gifts of my life as blessed John Paul II said? Well, first of all, it's part of Jesus' plan for our personal life. If you're baptized, you're his disciple, he has a concrete plan for your life. And the charisms, the gifts, are part of that. Second, it's essential for the health and strength of the whole church and for its mission in the world. There is the rediscovery of the charisms and the use of them. Jesus spoke about how you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You should be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Well, the charisms are part of that power that the Holy Spirit brings. 
John, uh, Pope Benedict said in um, Pentecost 2008, the Acts of the Apostles present Pentecost as the fulfillment of this promise and the culmination of Jesus' entire mission. Jesus' mission was to come and baptize people in the Holy Spirit and give them divine power, supernatural power, to fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for their life and for the whole church. Kennedy and McDonald and George Montague in their book Christian Initiation and Baptism in the Spirit, evidence from the first eight century, says this, the charismatic dimension of the Spirit's life is crucial to the survival and growth of the church. Gifts are not toys but tools. They're not optional accessories but part of the church's essential equipment for its upbuilding. And every one of the baptizers receive a charismatic grace to be ministered to the community. So the role of the authority-bearing offices of the church, such as what we just talked about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, among other things, is to call forth, facilitate, and coordinate the church-building power present by divine gift in every baptized Christian. In other words, the leadership gifts are meant to call forth the gifts in all people to and coordinate them so the church is built up. Finally, St. Paul says several things regarding spiritual gifts. He says, don't be ignorant of the spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, which means that he doesn't want us to be unaware of the gifts. He wants us to be aware of them, how to utilize them, and what particular ones the Lord is giving our life. Secondly, he wants us to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Again, Paul, Pope Paul VI in 1972 said this, more than once so we ask ourselves, what are the greatest needs of the church? What is the primary and ultimate need of our beloved Holy Church? And again, Pope Paul VI says this, we must say it with holy fear, because as you know, this concerns the mystery of the church, her life. This need is the spirit. The church needs her eternal Pentecost. She needs fire in her heart, words on her lips, and a glance that is prophetic. So Pope Paul VI said in Christmas of 1973, the fresh breath of the spirit too has come to awaken latent energies within the church to stir up dormant charisms and to fuse a sense of vitality and joy which makes the church youthful and relevant in every age and prompts her to proclaim joyously her eternal message to reach to each new epoch spirit is stirring up things the holy father is saying and there's a sense of urgency of rediscovering and utilizing the charisms and spiritual gifts in our time Vespers 2004, the Feast of Pentecost, John Paul II says, Open yourselves meekly to the gifts of the Spirit, accept with gratitude and obedience the gifts that the Spirit does not cease to give. Do not forget that each charism is given for the common good, in other words, for the benefit of the entire church. So welcome the spiritual gifts. It's the role of the pastors of the church to help coordinate those gifts, judge their genuineness, and assist in the training and equipping of people in those gifts. Welcome the gifts, then, is our exhortation. Welcome them to our heart. Ask for them, pray for them, study about them, read more about them. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he is giving you as well. So how can I open myself up to the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Our goal is to please the Lord, to make it our aim to please him. And so... Uh, our goal, then, is to not serve ourselves, not please ourselves, but to please the Lord. So, if anything in my life is inconsistent with the Lordship of Jesus, then, of course, I should repent and want to make a radical change of direction for my life. 
And then I need to yield to the gifts. And one of the ways to best do that is to say, Holy Spirit, come show me the gifts that you've given my life. And then to pray for specific gifts that you have a sense of awareness that you may be needing. And don't say to the Lord, Lord, I'll take this gift and not that gift. But rather to simply say, Lord, I'll take whatever gifts you want me to have to build up your people, to increase and enhance my relationship to you and to serve your church and to work for the salvation of others. But then he may place upon your heart certain gifts for you to pray for and ask for. Finally, very simply put, let's just simply pray for the gifts to become active in our life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. I want to receive all that you have for me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to take the reins of my life to lead me, guide me, and empower me to live a new way of life. I welcome whatever gifts you desire me to have for the building up of the church and for the mission to which you have called me. Come, Holy Spirit.